Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello team and welcome back to Alt Marketing School. My name is Fab and I'm the head teacher and founder of Alt Marketing School. And today I'm joined by the wonderful Hayo Abbas and together we'll be talking about plenty of lessons plenty of things, plenty of marketing, and potentially have a bit of a laugh along the way. I can say that because we've been already laughing for half an hour before we even started recording. So I'm expecting great things. Got to laugh. (laughs) Before I let Matthias introduce herself a bit more and answer a couple of questions, I'm going to read an intro. So in February 2020, Ayo Abbas founded her own consultancy business, Abbas Marketing and offers marketing services for engineers and architects who design the world around us. She enjoys working with companies who are passionate about what they do and not afraid to challenge the status quo. Ayo is a fellow of the RSA and a committee member of Build Up, a built environment marketing and working group. She also hosts her own bi-weekly podcast, Marketing in Times of Recovery. Hello and welcome once again. Uh, I like that we managed to get a bit of a laugh in there at the beginning. I think it's good tradition. Thank How you very are we much. doing? I'm pretty good, actually. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm really excited to have you. And I'm often excited about my icebreaker questions. I'm often excited to kind of see what the answers are. Today, I don't know why I am particularly excited. Are you ready? Uh oh. I'm ready. Go, go, go. I'm like, oh no. Before, before the video and the audio go blank and then there's like a bit of a tumbleweed and I disappeared. Exactly. Uh, let's catch before that happens. Um, my first question for you is, <clears throat> what would be 
a trivia category you'd be really good at and why? Oh, trivia category. What would I be good at? Uh, it'll be something that's kind of useless, I think. So um, probably like I um, actually am a pretty good recorder player. And um, so I'll probably be able to like answer really ridiculous questions about Baroque music. So the life of like Vivaldi and Handel and all of those really useful things. Yes, that's useful. <laughs> if anything is interesting, that's what I would say. It doesn't always have to be useful, especially when no. you're... Especially when it's your trivia category and you're going to smash it. It's like... Exactly. Who needs to know about playing the recorder? You know, <laughs> everyone does, obviously. <laughs> and just... So why did you why did you got so passionate about it yourself? What got you into it? Well, into the recorder. So I started playing when I was seven. And do you know what? I played the recorder, the violin. Uh, I did some piano lessons. I did flute lessons. The only one I stuck out was the recorder. And I played it from when I was seven until I was about 21. Uh, and what I loved about it, I just loved, like, you could tell stories through music, right? And you learn. And also, I've got an A-level in music. Um, I was going to do a music degree, but I didn't. I decided to do business instead. Um, but I love the fact that with music as well, I love studying the history of music and, like, the lives of the composers because they're way more interesting than their actual music. So, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> That's what? That's my trivia. I love it. First of all, I absolutely love it. And uh, the loyal listeners will know, because I've mentioned it quite a few times, that my past life was as a music journalist and one of my really? mm-hmm, um, my past life as if it was like Gandalf like <laughs> centuries ago <laughs> no. I was but, a music journalist yeah <laughs> but one of my weird quirks one of the things that I loved and this is very I mean, we're going back down memory lane I used to write for an Italian online magazine and I remember that I wrote a whole essay about the similarities between, uh, I think it was the French sort of um, literature, French kind of like uh, Baudelaire, and yeah. Sex Pistols. <laughs> a lyrical <laughs> comparison when it came to both the artist and writer. Why? I don't awesome. know. So I genuinely But that's just that. like really randomly like geeky, isn't it? You'd be like, but there is, there is, there's all these kind of parallels and look. And it's like, yeah, I guess if you look for something hard enough, it's there, right? <laughs> I will say that there were good reasons in that, but I genuinely, aside from that specific example, I genuinely love to learn. Obviously for me, it was more modern music, but the history of, of rock music, it always fascinated me from the beginning. So yeah, and where I it's come from, you. actually. Yeah, but where it's come from as well, you can see how the patterns and how it emanates from other people, isn't it? Because nothing's new. I always think that nothing is new. It's always like, it's kind of, you're, re, you're reinterpreting something that's already happened in the past. Let's be honest, you kind of look back and that's what music is, right? Also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add another parallel. And this is the first science breaker question. We're never going to get to the main section at this point, but I'm going to take it. Because <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I was going to say, this is actually a great par- parallel with marketing as well, I find. Because it, I think also in marketing, we strive and we believe that we're going to create new things, but... Probably the framework that we're thinking about is the same framework that somebody else has used in a different way with a different Completely. source, isn't it? How much is new? I mean, like, I often think, like, you know, with marketing terms, you know, like, everyone's talking about ABM, like that kind of thing. ABM's relationship marketing before it was something else. You know what I mean? It's like, are they actually that dissimilar or are we just giving a new term to something that's slightly different? And I kind of think, how much is actually truly new? And I mean, there are like new channels and stuff like that, but a lot of the tactics are 
existing or, or just a reinterpretation of something that's happened before. So I don't know how much is actually new. I agree. See, we got like a bit of an existential moment. Plus, it's also relevant to marketing. So we're all back well on done. track. That's a good connection. <laughs> we're all back on track, ladies and germs. Well done. Um, Second one. Say, oh, <laughs> what is the first job you had and what did you learn from it, Ayo? Uh, is it do you, are you after like a proper job like actually when you go somewhere to do it or like paper roundy stuff I mean we had people say? talking about paper rounds because they learned a lot from it and I'll take it then we had also people looking at other types of first jobs I'll say whichever job to mind paper round I kind of like I think I started hiding the papers and would just take the money um <laughs> sorry. sorry yellow advertiser in Newham uh but you know so I'll probably go for uh, my first kind of main job when I was around uh, 18. I worked at a shoe shop in like Oxford Circus. I used to go there at the weekends and sell shoes to very rich women. That was it. And it was good because it was kind of like I was actually pretty good at it. And, you know, I, yeah, I guess I learned to sell and how to communicate and build relationships with people. So, you know, that was useful. And yeah, I was pretty good at it. I think there's a lot of retail positions and jobs there, especially the smaller jobs that we used to do. Our generation, they actually can teach us so much. And I love when we can think about how, you know, sometimes, especially I think when you're selling something that is not yours, which is very different when you are either a consultant or a business owner or a smaller business, you actually learn a lot by selling something that maybe you're not as attached. I do believe that sometimes we forget that when it is a small business or when you're working with clients, sometimes we can also be attached to the outcome in a way that is a bit more emotional, I find. And mm. so sometimes it's nice to be more like, this is how you feel when you're selling, but you don't feel as attached to the outcome or to the worth of it. I don't know if I'm making sense, but I find that a lot of people yeah. have been having this conversation about how harder it is to sell when you're selling yourself over something that is detached from you as well. Yeah, and I think people get a lot kind of like when it's selling themselves, they're like, oh, am I overdoing it? Am I promising too much? And they kind of get into this weird paranoia, which is kind of kind of like you, you need to sell yourself just like like you would a pair of shoes, actually. You know what I mean? What's the features and the benefits? How is this going to help people? It's all the same stuff. But, you know, a pair of shoes is, I mean, you want to sell a golden glitzy too much, right? But they were like, <laughs> but, but it was like they were obviously looking for outlets for their kind of creativity and to express themselves. Um, so it's kind of tapping into that. What is it they're looking for? And then kind of, you know, selling into that and also still having a personality. Cause I think half the sales were just because I was having a laugh and a joke with somebody. Do you know what I mean? And then you just end up selling them a shitload of stuff. I'm oh, sorry. I don't know if I can swear. Um- it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's when it happens and it's natural, we welcome it because I oh, generally you. can't Rob. stop anyway. So it will be hypocritical for me to ask my guest not to whenever it, lo- it, it rolls out, you know, when it rolls out. It was just one. That was literally, it. yeah, good luck. You can't answer that one. But, um, but no, I did. You're right. I think, yeah, you, people shouldn't be afraid of selling their services because that's what you need to do. We all need to eat. Agreed. Agreed. <sighs> now, adding a bit of an extra layer to things though, we are still about encouraging people to market to hearts, not just brains. So we're really focused on that purpose as well. So my question to you is, what does making a positive impact on your audience mean to you and why? I think making a positive impact on my audience does matter a lot. I mean, I'm I'm a single mum, so I've got a seven-year-old and I kind of look around and, and a lot of what I do is I work in the built environment and like, for example, carbon emissions and all of that kind of stuff, greenhouse gases. It's like the built environment's responsible for what, 40% of those, right? 
currently. So you kind of sit there and it's like, yeah, we have to get better at what we're doing and how we're designing and not building so much in a circular, you know, all of this stuff. So I kind of, I try and work with companies that are kind of more on that bent and that kind of road and that track and trying to make those changes. And actually I'm even looking at potentially doing a kind of a short course um, on sustainable marketing. And like, I, cause I think it's really important. I think, but it's also important to kind of be able to work with people to get better at what they're doing, not necessarily poo-pooing people, but actually being supportive. So I think it's, you know, I think it's quite important to actually get more clarity in our comms and, and like, yeah, so I'm kind of looking at doing more of that kind of supporting, supporting engineering firms and, and design firms who are trying to be more sustainable in what they do. So that's really interesting. And I've kind of got some cool projects I've been working on. on that. So, yeah. Exciting. And I think as a marketer, especially when, because one of the hardest things when talking about marketers is reminding ourselves that you can be a marketer and you can be a founder or you can be a consultant or you can be part of a team. Marketers yeah. are we're a bit everywhere and in so many different hats we're wearing all the time and I think sometimes we forget that especially when we work with multiple clients if we're not working just with one company maybe we don't touch as many clients with one product but actually we are supporting different businesses actually build something better and that really amplifies our message it's kind of nice to find us as the messenger and I think until we can teach and I love that you're doing a short course potentially because until we can teach our clients or our companies to do better you know it's going to be okay but I don't think it's going to have the same effect so if we are the first ones to know how to market better and how to share better messages then the ripple effect is going to be even bigger isn't it and I think exactly and I think it's that whole thing of like having the supporting frameworks and the evidence to kind of really underpin those messages because I think you know especially on kind of sustainability front with COP and stuff people have so much greenwashing around isn't there and I kind of I want to be able to I guess feel more confident in what I'm helping my clients say and what they do and how they behave. So to do that, you know, to get that change, you know, it's, it's going to be, um, I guess, getting myself up to speed as well. So, yeah. Exciting. Well, <laughs> it's now time to start class because, yeah, we're not even starting class. The so class is in session right now. I have a couple okay. of questions for you all about learning and teaching because, duh, we're a school. So first I'm going to check, do you have an apple for the teacher have you brought me anything before we start does vodka count or <laughs> i am sober so i will take anything that is an alcoholic variant of that i'll take that okay no worries okay we'll get you some like energy drink or something right Ca- caffeine is my drug of choice so excellent excellent save that i i will take that fantastic apples now (laughs) and now we're ready thank you ever so much um my first question to you then class is in session indeed is maybe one of the hardest ones because i'm going to ask you if there's one thing that you can teach both our students and obviously the listeners of the podcast in one minute or so what would that be okay so to me good marketing comes from good ideas right? You don't need a big budget. You don't need to have loads of kind of huge showy graphics or whatever. But actually what you need at the nub of it is a really good idea that's executed really, really well. So for me, if there's one thing you can do is come up with a good idea that either uses your platform, uses your service, showcases your expertise, and then that's what you market. And that's how you kind of make a big, big impact and change. That's my thing. I love it. What is one one idea that you implemented recently that you've seen having a good effect? 
Uh, I can tell you what I've done this morning, which I don't know. I've not implemented completely yet. So like, I'm rebranding my podcast at the moment. So uh, actually, it's going to be launched next week. But I decided that I'm going to go live for a week <laughs> on LinkedIn and then turn that into my podcast. So I've literally this morning got up, invited people, done all of that. You know, it's all ready to go. And then, you know, I'm ready. You know, I just need to create all the assets and stuff over the weekend. And then, you know, off we go that week after next, I'll be live on LinkedIn every lunchtime. So then I'll use that to kind of feed my content machine, which is my podcast for the next coming week. So that will last me until this early November. So, yeah, so that's a good idea. And I think it's, it's you know, my goal was, yeah, I didn't have a clear goal, but actually it's a good idea and it'll be quite good fun to do. So there you go. And I think it's also challenging like yourself to do something new and kind of trying something slightly different. And yeah. I also find, I think we both have had podcasts for a while. I actually had five different podcasts since I started. So it's been a while. Um, and I've seen five. five. Yes. Most of them you can't find no more. Just in case you're wondering. I was going to say, I've got back and go, oh, <laughs> where are they? Ooh. No. Uh, I mean, some of them are hilarious because the quality of the microphone was ridiculous. And I was using my, yeah, uh, like I was using like a very, very old sort of like kind of journalism mic. It was so weird. Um, but I was thinking about this and and tell me what you think as a podcast host yourself. I find that podcasts are a great reminder of how content evolves and all we need to try and test new things with our content because I think that things like blog posts, I don't know, I think there's been a lot of playing, a lot of trying, but currently as long as you follow the SEO guidelines and as long as you write, you know, valuable content, you know, I don't think anybody's trying to reinvent the wheel talking about creating new stuff. But I do find that with videos and potentially audio, these are formats that are a bit, a bit newer when it comes to higher consumption. And so we are yeah. really seeing people be more willing to explore and create something different because they became really crowded really quickly. You know, it went from yeah. nothing to thousands of new podcasts or like YouTube channels. And I just find that I see people pushing the boundaries a bit more. Is it just me? Yeah with these type of formats but or... I think you're right I think that you're right they are newer channels and that people are starting to realize that you know there's different ways to create content I mean blogging and stuff has been around for donkey's years hasn't it so I think as well you can kind of either do a video or a podcast now that feeds into a blog and does all of that kind of stuff so you can kind of tick off a lot of content creation anyway so I do agree I but I I think you're right it's still a relatively new medium what is it there's around what two million podcasts in the world or something like that so you know it's still growing there's still room for more new ones it's not like blogs where there's like hundreds of millions of them isn't it so I you know I, I think as a content type these are all still new channels still new still in the infancy which is why people are trying new stuff out on them but I think that's what makes it exciting and also it means that we can trial things like, you know, LinkedIn lives or, you know, can we, you know, recording a podcast live on LinkedIn and then, try, you know, using that, you know, then using it as a podcast audio, you know. So I think there's lots of kind of different things we can try. And I think that's exciting. It just kind of keeps it interesting. After about 20 years, I'm like, I need some interest. <laughs> so, yeah, like... Hey, hey like, I, th I think marketers are, are, are a beautiful breed. It's kind of funny because in one of our, our older episodes, we're talking about somebody's new hobby is actually like, Oh, you will love this. I think it was architect ca cathedral architecture or something like that. Very, very specific. Mm. And I was like, I love it. So I think there's something about us marketers. We have the, that sometimes we're just going to the most random rabbit holes and we're just jumping down yeah. and get interested about things that normal humans don't. And then you're like, how come I've just spent a whole day looking at this rubbish? And then you wake up in the night going, I am the new work. But you know what? 
I know this really useful fact. It's not useful at all. And I'm like, come out of this rabbit hole, which I kind of end up falling into far too often. But yeah, you're right. But you're right. And stuff like, you know, you do get architects as well. It's quite funny who really like have really specific niches. But I think that's brilliant because it's like, everyone's like, oh, you're the one who does the distilleries for whiskey firms. It's like, yeah. You know, I think stuff like that is great. It really does help. And it gives it gives a reason for people to remember you. So, yeah. How do you find the balance between people kind of honing their niche? Obviously, especially in, obviously in your field, but I think in general as well. And also yeah. then when you're communicating, especially with marketing, like not being almost overly like pigeonholing yourself into it. Or maybe you actually say, no, it's good that we are going deeper and deeper into our niche. Where, where are you standing when it comes to this? Because I think, with, especially in your industry, it could be really interesting to see where the pendulum of marketing sways when it comes to audiences and niches. I mean, for me, I guess it depends on how you want to niche. So I sort of say I'm a built environment marketing consultant. So I work with like architects, engineers, builders, right? So I work with a kind of, and construction product manufacturers as well, because I like the variety of it. But, you know, I know people who are coaches for architects. Or I need to do copywriting for architects or, you know, so I think it depends on how you want to niche. But to me, I think in some ways you kind of, you can niche in an area, but it doesn't mean that people are not going to come to you for other stuff. They still will. I think it just kind of gives you that focus. And I think, especially when you're producing marketing content, always kind of imagine you're writing to one person rather than to many. And that makes your content better anyway, because it's more personal. It's more touches you, doesn't it? Like you talk about in terms of feeling. So you know, I think that's kind of one of those things is that that's what you need. You need people who are going to kind of, you want to be touched by that marketing. And I think actually niching and, and thinking about who your audience are, it makes you more specific in what you're talking about and it makes you more applicable. So people go, oh, you were writing to me, which I think is the nicest compliment you can get. I love that. And I think, I think also makes you naturally start, actually, I'm going to say learn because people don't do it often, it's going to naturally help you learn to become more human. Obviously, this is what we do yeah. at all marketing school. It's all about making marketing human. And I'm saying this because I find that, especially in some niches and in some industries, then you go back and you're like, I need to be more professional. I need to sound more like... And there's nothing wrong with being professional. But I think, as you said, until you're actually speaking to somebody in a way that feels is speaking directly to them, as if you are talking to them and telling them this, yeah. I can solve your problem we need to find that balance between obviously that professionalism, but also being able to remember that we're still talking to human beings. And I think that, yeah, sometimes that's disconnect. a huge balance completely. And you're right. It's disconnect. But also I think you use the word professionalism. And I think also people quite often would turn around and be like, Oh, to be professional, it means I need to use this really long terms and jargon. It's like, if you use them, explain what the hell they are. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, you need to sort of go blah, blah, blah. This means this because otherwise it's like, you're going to lose so much of your audience if all you're doing is assuming that they know what you're talking about. So I think don't make assumptions on what people know and actually make sure you explain that terminology just so that people are on the same page as you. And I think things like that, and that's how you start to kind of get your, I guess, get your kind of content to connect, really. Preach. I'm, I'm all for it. It's, again, <laughs> marketer teaching marketers. I'm exactly the same. I'm like, please like I love acronyms we all marketers love acronyms I get it but tell me what the acronym means it's simple things yeah. like this ICA love it but there's that one person that is like what are you talking about and I think is really showing that 
again, as you said, we are niching in some ways, but we're also inclusive by understanding that not everybody in our audience is at the same level of competence or knowledge that we have. So love that acronym, but please tell me what it means, please, and thank you. I tell you what, I had a journalist once who spoke, who said to me, um, she said, acronyms are a way of excluding people from the conversation. Ooh, it's actually true. What, you don't understand that term. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Snap. Yeah. Snap. See, all the marketers out there, the all us loving a little acronym. Um, to be honest, I think they're interesting when it comes to frameworks as a way to kind of then elaborate on it because then it gets people to yeah. think, oh, but you're right. I, I can see how that can happen, especially with some industries and with some terminology. So that's very, very interesting. Yeah. I like it. My second question, told you we're going to, we were going to dive dive deep into it my second question is what is something that you unlearned recently and how did it either improve your life or improve your work do you know what because I kind of we're talking about trying earlier weren't we a bit and I love trying like new stuff and thinking right let's try this new tool let's see how it does so I um actually tried a podcast uh app the other day or a couple of weeks back I like I was trying it and like you know when you're just not feeling something and you're there going Actually, this is quite hard. And it was so funny because I had, I was doing a, I was talking to somebody on a podcast interview later on that day. And I, I talked about that before the interview and she goes, you know, you can stop. You know, you don't have to keep trying to get to use this thing. If you've got something that already works, just use it. <laughs> I was like, that hadn't even occurred to me. <laughs> so there was me thinking that actually I need to go in and kind of keep persevering, get the hang of this tool. But like, you know, when you're like, oh yeah. I've already got a method that works. So I think sometimes I kind of want to try too much or try too hard. So yeah, sometimes I kind of need someone to come in with that objectivity and go, you can stop because I don't always realise. Do you find that, I'm just thinking, as a marketer, there is also, um, not an innate because it doesn't like come with birth, but there is quite a natural idea of, well, I'm going to try all these things because naturally, as we said, like there are new platforms coming, there are algorithms. And actually one of our teachers during one of the lessons with our students for the certification said, well, you know, marketers test all the time. Testing is so important. And I believe it is as well, but I find that that can actually be at our detriment sometimes if we don't understand when to let go. Do you find that that comes yeah. a lot natural also because of the way we work, like trying new things, adapting new things? I find yeah. that personally I'm I've quite drawn to that and I part of me is excited by it, but I tend to have your same problem and I'm wondering whether it's just me. No, no, I, no, I completely agree. I think that's something we've got inherently. But actually I say that, but I also work with people in-house a lot and they don't necessarily have the, they don't necessarily test as much as they should or try as much as they should, because I guess it's more a case of, I've just got to get this out the door. You know what I mean? So I think you also get that weird position where, you know, actually some people aren't trying as much as they should be. So they're not necessarily as aware, but I do think overall, yeah, as marketers, you are sitting there going, oh, let's try this. Great. I need to understand. And like, you know, cause it's always a new social platform as well. Right. I'm like, be real. I was reading. So yesterday I was like, oh, I thought that was an article. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, actually that's the platform she's doing nowhere. But like, <laughs> so, you know, when you're like, oh, at some point I need to understand why, why I would want to get a picture of myself every day. I, I, at the moment I can't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's a very Gen Z platform. I'll give you that much. But we're um, recording another yeah, podcast I'm today, like... literally about it. And it's even for me is a bit of a minefield. But I think that's yeah. the other thing. 
that I'm thinking about is kind of keeping relevant without having to jump on every single trend. I think that's also another challenge that sometimes you have because I don't think you can force, I don't know, a 40-year-old architect to be real and (laughs) take a picture of them doing a drawing plan, you know? I need to take a picture every day at the same time. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think it's hard, though, because sometimes we're like, I need to jump on this trend, I need to be on this thing. And it's almost kind of picking your battles a bit, I find. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. You, I mean, it's impossible to jump on every blimmin' trend there is now, right? It's You can't do it. It's just, there is so much. It's like, yeah, you need to do a reel, you need a TikTok, you need to do Be Real, you need to, what? It's like, no one can do that. And I think as well, it's just, I guess, understanding the key ones that matter to your market. So like, I mean, TikTok is in its infancy. I mean, to be honest, like, let's be honest, the sections I work in this, you know, LinkedIn's still a big, big jump for many, many people. So you know, that's probably where my focus is. Um, you know, I'm still kind of on TikTok, but am I using it? No, I just post pictures of, you know, videos of my son, which is fun. Uh, but like, <laughs> but I'm still kind of understanding how the platform works and stuff like that. But like stuff like Be Real, I'm like, I, yeah, I do B2B marketing. Right? Let's be real. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that. I don't think it's going to be relevant for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be relevant for a while, you know. So yeah. It's interesting. I think. How do you find those new platforms and things like that? Because I'm like, they're going, I'm 45 years old. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I don't see the point of some of these. <laughs> so... I have one more question for you. And my final question okay. is. What is the biggest lesson a teacher or a mentor has taught you? Um, I think probably as one of my uh, mentors when, actually she was one of my bosses and became one of my mentors when I was working in an engineering company for about 10 years ago. And I mean, she was amazing and she was really kind of, I guess, fiery and dynamic. And she's really all about purpose and caring and that kind of caring about what you do and being committed to what you do. And that's always rubbed off on me. And that's always been something that I think is important in terms of driving my, I guess, enthusiasm for stuff. So, you know, if I'm not passionate about something, if I don't really care about something, it comes across. So I think it's really important to find those things that you really want to do and you care about and and support them. And that could be in terms of how you work, how you live your life, what you do. So I think it's finding those things. I think the times when life is difficult is probably when I'm not necessarily focused on those things. So I think always having them in the back of your mind. So, yeah. I absolutely love that. And that's because it spoke to me. Like, it speaks to me, not spoke to me. It speaks to me so much because uh, literally this week, at time of recording, I was talking to my best friend and I just realized that I kept forcing myself um, thinking about ways to grow our company, a.k.a. Alt Marketing School. Hello and welcome again. Yeah. Just in case anybody who doesn't know why they're here. Um, sign up here. <laughs> and, you know, we're a school. So I was like, okay, how does a school grow? What are the avenues we can do to get the growth? And I looked at the B2B, I looked at the B2C. We've tried a lot of things. We've only been fully operational for a year without a lot of other things on my plate, which I let go of, as people that know me will know. And um, you know what? I stopped and I was going to my friend and I realized for the first time in a long time, I was like, why do I have to do all these things? Why do I want to focus on these things just because somebody else said this is the way that you grow a school? How do I want to grow the yeah. school? What do I want to spend my time doing? If I don't want to outsource it to others because then I don't want us to have to focus on it, should I do it anyway? You know, I think sometimes we forget that whether you're working with clients or whether you're working on your business, some things will have to be done or to be outsourced. 
but especially recognizing that if you are working for yourself or if you are a consultant, you can choose your clients. Maybe you can choose the way that you grow. You can choose some of the services you want to focus on. I think sometimes we forget that because we think we should do things a certain way. And now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like, I don't care. I want to do what I love because, as you said, then when life is hard, I'll still show up for lesson because I love teaching my students. So that's what I want to keep on doing. So I totally I guess it's the core, isn't it? It's that core competence of what you're doing and what when you actually, like you say, once you reflect inwards and you go, actually, what really do I love about this? And it's quite interesting, you know, I guess like books like The Company of One and you read stuff like that and it's like, actually, you don't need to build this massive agency or, you know, I've never wanted that. I've never wanted to be that marketing director. You know, I don't want to run a major team. It's just like, that is my idea of hell. So, you know, it's actually looking and going, <laughs> well, it's true. So it's actually looking and going, actually, what 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 floats my boat, I guess, right? I agree. I agree. And I also believe that, like, lockdown gave more opportunities and then they kind of took out some opportunities. You know, everything shifted so quickly and I think so many people jumped onto yeah. ideas and then has, after a couple of years, we need to think about, oh, this is, I might be doing this for a very long time. I think some of us stopped and it were like, as you said, I don't want to manage a massive team. I'm happy with the size of my team. I'm happy with doing it all myself. You know, I I definitely see that happened. That conversation has happened for a lot of people and eventually the penny dropped to me and I was like, I'm just going to do things the way that allows me to focus as much as possible on the things that I love. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that because it really <laughs> resonated with me. So... Um, <laughs> it's a pleasure see see it's, like, it's all about self-reflection baby and I'm sure also the listeners might have found that that spoke to them too so let us know if that's so awesome it's quick fire now we went oh, for gosh. our class thank you so much for my energy drink it's time now for quick fire we've got a couple yeah. of questions and these are quick answers the first one is what is an underrated tool that is indispensable for your day-to-day work word as in microsoft word yeah i like it (laughs) good question (laughs) follow up okay everybody strap in i'm gonna show my age do you remember the little clip art the little clip i love them i love the paper clip man he's the best i miss him do you know what i i had to run google searches to find out what happened to the paper clip what happened tell me (laughs) I can't now. I can't remember. I I think there was like yeah. I think he basically he got retired, and they kind of <laughs> they took him off the platform. But yeah, I remember that he's asking stupid questions. He used to walk along. But yeah, the paperclip man was my friend. Anybody else that knows what we're talking about, <laughs> you are welcome. We are we are living this right now. This is our little clique, oh, and it's just. And if you don't, some people thought it was annoying. <laughs> It was a good friend. Like for people like ourselves, apparently it was a good friend, which tells a lot about us, I think. But um, if you genuinely don't know, just type it and you'll see what people of <clears throat> our age uh, were looking at when we were like in Word typing away. It is it is something to be behold. Paperclip. It's like the help tool. It was like the help feature, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, didn't share a lot of helpful tips, but it was there and every so often it would say hi. When you, when you were ignoring yeah. it, it will actually pop up again, which I thought was brilliant. Little passive aggressive guy. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, Ayo, what is the last picture you took on your phone? Oh, what is it? Let me have a look. Uh, 
Let me see. I way I have no idea. Is it? Oh, do you know what? I um, watched a marketing meetup webinar yesterday and I took a picture of a slide about impactful campaigns. That is the last picture on my phone. Oh, nice. And then there's a colouring chart, which, a colouring drawing that my son did. It's quite pretty. And uh, yeah, and then a lasagna I made on Saturday, Sunday. Okay, I'm excited about all of them, especially the lasagna, though. <laughs> I will not lie. <laughs> I did make that on Sunday with my friends when we watched the clean funeral. Anyway, that's that's the last three pictures. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Give us a selection as well. I do enjoy this. Um, what is your favorite social media platform right now and why? LinkedIn. <laughs> not even not even catching a breath, not even stopping. <laughs> no, I I I mean I love I mean as much as you can love a social platform, right? They're all social platforms. But I guess LinkedIn brings me work and I connect with people on there and yeah, it does what I need. That's how we connected, like, wasn't it? I'm not going crazy, am I? It, it was on LinkedIn, yeah. <laughs> I find Instagram's just a bit like nobody sees your stuff and sort of, I don't really do pointing and dancing and yeah, I'm not really, it's just, yeah. I mean, I like it in terms of community and stuff like that. So I connect with female founders and stuff on there, but I'm just not bothering as much now. It's just, I mean, the traction is just falling through the floor, isn't it? So. I agree. I agree. So who should we follow on LinkedIn? If there's one new person we should be following, who would it be? Ooh, who should we be following? Uh, whose stuff do I love? Do you know what? I'm getting quite geeky about LinkedIn company pages. So I'm mm. currently following uh, a LinkedIn person called uh, Michelle J. Raymond, who's based in Australia. And she posts a lot about kind of company pages and how to get them to work so I'm kind of I've set myself a little target until the end of the year to kind of get mine firing a bit and I find it's useful as well for clients just in terms of being able to advise them how to get more traction on company pages so that then when they start if they start doing ads they can kind of make more of a hit so yeah I kind of set myself my own challenge in my head there you go I have a go I love that if you could broadcast <laughs> one message onto everyone's phone this is the last question so the hardest what would that be one message. Give give me a million pounds now. <laughs> You're cheeky. <laughs> I sort of just came in my head. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> That's so cheeky. <laughs> what have other people said to that? That's a really random question. <laughs> inspirational reminders of going outside and enjoying the beautiful sunshine not give me a million pounds <laughs> oh I don't do that I'm sorry if you want that go somewhere else <laughs> I'm gonna cry now oh my god I'm gonna cry <laughs> sorry we're all about honesty here you asked that was actually the first thing that came to my head <laughs> we like honesty here i'll take that i mean i'm gonna cry for like half an hour now but i'll take that well with that i want to thank you because i needed this belly laugh today so i'll thank you uh, thank you so much for being here and answering all the questions and giving us all the wisdom and a good old laugh because we all need that more. Um, if people want to find out more about you, can you please tell us where they can find out more about your wisdom and your energy? 
so you can find me basically on, I hang out a lot on LinkedIn. Uh, you spell my name, Io, which is A-Y-O, and Abbas, which is A-B-B-A-S. So yeah, come and say hi and that you've listened to me and that you have a million pounds for me. Uh, and, and I also, um, I have my own uh, practice company and my website is abbasmarketing.com. And of course, you can listen to my podcast, which is changing its name and will be called The Built Environment Marketing Show very, very soon. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Old Marketing School. Until next time.